Welcome to Order Up, the restaurant operations podcast brought to you by Ops Analytica. Hey, this is Tommy Yanolis, one of the founders here at Ops Analytica. And if you are running a multi-unit restaurant operation and you want to make sure that your teams are focusing on the basics of food safety and great operations and shift readiness, then I tell you, please go check out and sign up for a demo of the Ops Analytica platform. We have developed a business process uh, platform that can take your employees and guide them through all the different steps of running your restaurants, managing the business, checking on food safety. When they identify issues, we can walk them through the remediation steps. We document everything and you will run better restaurants and you will be able to focus on growing your business and competing because the basics are going to start getting handled on a daily basis. So check us out, opsanalytica.com and sign up for a demo. Hey, and welcome to the Order Up podcast. Uh, this is Tommy, your host, and I uh, hope you're doing great. Uh, the next two podcasts that we're doing here are going to be about the Subway organization. Um, for those of you who don't know, here we are at the beginning of 2020. We're in February of 2020. Uh, Subway laid off 300 people a couple of weeks ago from corporate. Uh, I saw an article within the last couple of months that they lost about 1,100 restaurants last year. Um, just from my time competing against them, uh, I know that their AUVs were going down and we talked to some franchisees even a couple months ago and their AUVs are pretty low. Um, so they have an AUV problems and, uh, you know, I've been very critical. I love Subway. I, I really do actually like Subway sandwiches and I love their chopped salads. Uh, but I've been very critical of the Subways in my area and I live in a, you know, the suburb South of Denver. I got three of them within like, you know, five minutes of my house that um, I've been very critical because I've noticed that they're just not doing a great job anymore across the board. They're not staffing, the restaurants aren't that clean. And I, you know, that's usually signs of, of restaurants that are struggling, right? And so, um, yeah. And so, and I'm very passionate about what's happening at Subway because I worked at Quiznos back at the beginning of the Quiznos implosion. And I see a lot of the same things happening at Subway today that I saw happening at Quiznos. And so I just, it's, uh, I it just feel very close to it, if you will. So there's podcasts to be broken into two parts. The first part today, I'm going to talk about, um, you know, the traits of people whose restaurants are failing. And uh, I have like a lot of expertise on this because I ran the franchise assistance program at Quiznos back in 0809. So I saw that a lot. The second installment of the Subway podcast will be uh, me talking about if I was the magical king of Subway, you know, and I worked at Subway Corporate, how I would, what I would do to fix the brand. Um, because that's, uh, that's important too. So anyway, that's kind of the deal. Uh, so real quick history. So uh, I got my MBA in 07. I went and had a little consulting job for about six months. And then I got hired on at Quiznos beginning of 08. And I knew nothing about Quiznos. You know, they were just a Denver sandwich company and it was a restaurant job. And I was like, ah, cool, I'll go do that. 
And so I go in and I get this job in the franchise assistance program. Now imagine this, it's 08. So it is the height of the financial crisis. It's the height of the real estate uh, implosion, uh, especially commercial real estate, just as much as personal real estate. And it's the beginning of the Quiznos franchise implosion. And the guy you call when you're having problems fixing and keeping your restaurant open is me. Yay! It was a horrible, gut-wrenching job. Because we talk about like, hey, Subway closed 1,100 restaurants last year. That's 1,100 families. That's 1,100 businesses, you know, where people lost their butts. You know, there's a quote I have from one of the Quiznos franchisees that is like ingrained in my brain. She literally called me one day and she goes, you know, I opened this Quiznos so I could put my daughter through college and now I'm 160 grand in debt. Like that's the real story, right? 160 grand in debt, dreams crushed, going bankrupt, credit being destroyed, families and dreams being destroyed. It's a bummer. So we can't talk lightly of the 1100 operators that went out of business. So yeah, so, so here's the deal. When I was in this job as a franchise assistance program guy, really quickly, this was the deal. People would call us up and say, hey, we're having problems. We didn't have a lot of levers we could pull for them. So what we would do is have them send us a bunch of financials, their leases, you know, um, that we look at their audits and we would try to get a sense of what was the restaurant's health and how engaged the operator was. And if they were a good candidate for it, I could give them delivery. And the idea was, is that if I could give them delivery, that would give them another channel to sell more sandwiches out of their restaurants and hopefully they could pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Um, now, this is 2008 delivery. I was giving them a $6,000 desktop PC and access to a web page. Um, but even in 2020 today, where you have these outsourced companies that will build you a web ordering and they'll take care of all the technical stuff for you, you know, it takes a sophisticated operator to pull off delivery. And these Quiznos operators that I was helping were not sophisticated. They were not well capitalized. And, um, and so I didn't help anyone, period. Which is sad to say, because I spent a lot of money and time working on this and I didn't help anyone. I did get a lady a road sign on the highway. That was like the one thing I got done that was not giving people delivery. And uh, she still went out of business. So there you go. Um, but what was interesting about that position was is that it didn't matter who you were, like if you, how experienced you were as an operator or um, you know, if you were brand new or if you're a really sophisticated business person or you're mom and pops, it didn't matter because what I noticed was that all the people whose restaurants were failing, um, they all seemed to exhibit the same three basic traits, time. It was like a pattern. It was like every single person I would talk to him and I would be like, oh my gosh, they're doing this, they're doing this and they're doing this. And, um, and so I want to talk about what those three traits are, because if you're a franchisee of any chain and you're experiencing some of this type of behavior, you need to, you know, get out, you need to fix it. So this will hopefully be a wake up call to you. And if you are, you know, a field guy and you see your franchisees exhibiting this type of behavior, you know, you need to step in and help them 
you know, uh, try to change that behavior or, or, you know, it's going to be bad. So let's go over the three traits. The first trait was everybody waited way too long to ask for help. The second bad trait was everybody allowed their restaurants to go way too long and they got way, way too much debt. Um, right. And then the third thing was that as soon as things got bad, they stopped focusing on the basics of running restaurants and all three of those things like work together, um, to destroy people's lives and financials. So, okay. So let's break it down. So everyone waited too long to ask for help as a franchisee. A lot of franchisees, especially less sophisticated ones I see, um, I don't want to say less sophisticated, but well, I guess that's a fair word to put. Less like they abdicate the responsibility of running their business to the franchisor. And this is a very murky relationship because the franchisor is going to tell you, you bought a concept, but it's your business. And you have, uh, you bought this concept. And so you have to do everything that we're telling you to do, right? But yet it's still your business and you're responsible for the financials of it. And that's a very clear delineation that you have to reaffirm to yourself every day. They're going to tell you the, how to make a sandwich, how to keep the restaurant, how to staff the restaurant. But ultimately it's your business. And if it goes great, you make the profits. And if it goes bad, you're the one that goes into debt. So, but I feel like a lot of franchisees just abdicate the business part back to the franchisor and they're not managing for you and they don't really care. I mean, they want you to be successful, but only because they get a larger percentage of your, they get more money when you are successful. Um, and that's not all franchisors, but there's definitely like, there's definitely levels of franchisors inside of the industry. You know, if you're a Yum or a Dunkin' franchisee, you gotta have millions of dollars. You have to be an established restaurateur with tons of experience. You wanna be a Subway or a Jersey Mike's or a Quiznos or, you know, an, an, an you know, Auntie M's pretzel. They don't care who you are. You may never, you might have been a grease monkey your whole life and now you're, you know, you're running a restaurant. I mean, they don't care. So, there's sophisticated franchisors that require sophisticated franchisees because they make a lot of money. And then there's uh, less sophisticated franchise organizations and they don't require as much sophistication from their operators. And I think on those ones are where you typically see a lot more turnover and a lot more failure because they're just, the operators aren't as well capitalized and they're not as um, good a business people. So the first thing I would say is Everyone waited too long to ask for help. So I never got a call that was like this. Hey, I've been tracking my cover counts, I've been tracking my sales, and I'm starting to see a little bit of a downward trend. Don't know if it's the economy or something else, but I wanna get ahead of it because I'm still profitable and I wanna make sure I shore this up. So what kind of local marketing help or what kind of programs do you have for people like me so that I can generate more sales myself? That call never took place ever of the thousands of calls that I had. That call never came in. This was the call that I got nine times out of 10. Hey, uh, this is Tommy at store one, two, three, four. 
I need you guys to cut my franchise fees to zero for like the next six months and then send me five grand or I'm going to get evicted on Tuesday. That call I had every day. Like people were literally calling us when they there was nothing left that could be done. And, and you know, rest aside the idea that a franchisor, just listen to this, will never give you money and they will never cut your franchise fees, ever. That Those are two levers that they will never pull for you. Even if I was to give that guy five grand to save their business, they were, they were, uh, that would have just gotten them, they still had a failing business, that would have just gotten them to stay in their business for another two weeks. That wouldn't be enough capital for them to turn their business around, put in a local marketing plan, do 500 different things. That they, that none of that was going to happen. Like that would have just kept them in, that would have kept the lights on in their store for another two weeks and they would have been calling me back going again, hey, because the core of their business was broken and so they couldn't, they weren't going to survive. So, okay. So you can't call too late. Now let's explore the notion of why wouldn't a franchisor give me money or change my franchise fees to help me out. They'll never give you money because that's not their business. Their business is to make you, you rent a concept from them and they get paid off of your sales. And yes, they want you to be healthy and they want you to stay open, but not enough to loan you money when you're going out of business, you know, um, period. It's your company. Uh, number two, they can't cut your franchise fees. That franchise agreement's like looked at by the feds. It's ironclad, billion lawyers on it. Um, and so they can't just modify it willy-nilly because you asked them to. It doesn't work that way. But even more importantly, on money and franchise fees, is that if they gave one franchisee a break, the, enti their, the entire system would ask for the same break immediately. Like... Period. Like that news would spread like wildfire. And so, you know, they would just never do it because they can't afford to do it for everybody. And so they would never do it for anyone. And their look and and their and their point of view at the franchisor is this: is that we gave you a concept that thousands of restaurants have made work over the last 50 years. If it's not working for you, it's because you're not executing it correctly and you're not doing your local store marketing. Because if you were doing those two things, you would be successful. And they can always point to restaurants in the system that are successful. Look at Bob, Bob's killing it. Why aren't you killing it, right? So that's kind of their uh, viewpoint. So to wrap up point number one, you cannot wait too long uh, to ask for help. If you were to ask for help six or eight months before things were bad, because the franchisor does have programs. They can give you local store marketing support. They can help you do coupon blasts. They can do things for you and they have things available for you that you can pay into and or get help with. But then you can't execute one of those on Monday and make the five grand you need to pay your landlord on Tuesday. They take time to execute. They take, you know, you got to work them. So just pay attention to your numbers, pay attention to your cover counts. And if you start to see a dip, 
call your franchisor, get help, and then double down on local store marketing. Even if you have to get low, and if the local store marketing program that your franchisor has, it sucks, go find someone else who can do local store marketing for you, catering sales, whatever it is, to generate the revenue yourself. Because ultimately it's your business. Number two, every franchisee that I talked to was way too far in debt. Like they should have closed a year sooner than they did. And once again, nobody in your franchise or organization will tell you to close. They'll just tell you to double down on store marketing and running good ops. It's going to turn around. Um, but that's just, you know, sometimes that's just not the case. There's there's a lot of factors that determine whether a business is going to be successful or not. Um, and uh, But they're not going to tell you to close or down. And so one of the things... and. Here's the deal. And I don't think this is necessarily shady on the franchisor part. It's uh, it's one of those things where um, it's one of those situations where, you know, their business goals and they're taking advantage of a trait that you have, but it's not their fault that you have the trait. Let's put it that way. So I'm an entrepreneur too. This is my second company, right? I've been a founder twice. When we found a business, when we buy a franchise, when we go out and we try to create something new, in our minds, we anchor ourselves to our dream success numbers, right? We say, I'm going to open this Subway. I'm going to open this Quizzes. I'm going to start Ops Analytica and I'm going to make X amount of dollars, Right, We anchor ourselves, that's the dream. And if I can make that X amount of dollars, I'm gonna get the house in Florida, I'm gonna buy myself a truck, whatever it is. And as all of us do that, that is what it takes to be a franchisee is a belief in yourself, a dream, and you're going to hit that dream and you're not going to stop until you hit that dream, right? And then reality sets in, you're a subway operator and you thought you were going to do 600,000 AUVs a year. And if you did that, you could put your kid through college, you could pay a manager, you could have a cush life, start opening more stores. And now you're making 300, 250, 350,000 a year. You're losing your butt on this restaurant. And in your, it's, I'll call it your entrepreneurial exuberance won't let you stop. I can do it. I'm smart enough. I'm good enough. I didn't risk my family and put myself into this situation for nothing. I just got to make it happen. Um, and so you don't quit. And so then every month, like another quote I had from Quiznos was, you know, I freaking had to go get a day job. I make $4,000 a month so I can keep my Quiznos open. Like, what the hell are you doing? If you, you know what I mean? Like, come on. So what would happen was, is that people held on way too long. They stopped. This is the craziest thing ever. So in cost cutting, uh, as part of cost cutting, they would dump their accountants. They would dump their, um, you know, they would dump their accountants uh, because they'd be, I, 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 I just, uh, I got to cut costs. So their bookkeepers, 200 bucks a month. But what they, what they were really doing is they didn't want to hear Every month you lost four grand, you lost five grand, you're maxing out your credit card. They didn't want a professional telling them that. And so 
they just they just kept going, but they stopped managing the business. But they couldn't let go of the anchor dream that they had when they started. So every month, they just accumulated more debt and more debt and more debt, but they couldn't pull the plug themselves. And eventually what caused them to pull the plug was they had so much debt and that banks and credit cards and everybody started saying no. And that's when they finally said, okay, I should shut this down. But they should have shut it down 12 months earlier when they were 10 grand in debt. Instead, they're shutting it down now at 200 grand in debt. And lives destroyed, bankruptcy, the whole thing. So, if you see yourself in that same position where you're losing money, you're emotionally checking out of running the business, you're turning off your accountant because you don't want to hear the bad news and you're watching your debt number go up every single month, you're not really managing the business, you might even got another job, but you're just consistently racking up more debt and you're completely checked out on the running of the business and then you know in your head, you're like, man, I'm losing money, but you know, but you know, you're holding on to that dream, shut it down. And do not be afraid, your franchisor is not coming after you. Like they could come after you, but they're not. Nobody's going after a guy who's in debt. You bankrupt your company, go into debt, bankrupt your company, shut it down and, um, and stop. Because no one's gonna tell you to stop and the franchisor's best interest is not to tell you to stop because they wanna keep collecting your two or $300 a week. They wanna keep their store counts up. All those things are important to them. So they're not gonna tell you to shut it down and they will literally allow you to bankrupt yourself um, and they won't stop you. Because they, once again, they look at it as that's your business. If you choose to keep running it at a loss, that's your problem. I wouldn't do that, but you that's you. And you're paying them every week you're open. Even if you're losing money, the franchisor still gets paid on sales. So, and here's what you need to do. You gotta get your accountant, you gotta get your lawyer, you gotta get your spouse, you gotta get everybody who loves you and knows you in the world. You gotta say, hey, look, when I hit 20,000 loss, I am 100% need to shut this down. And then when that happens, it's gotta be like that scene in the movie Airplane where that lady's being hysterical and all the passengers are like shaking her in her seat and there's that guy with the wrench and like, you know, they're all like smacking her. That's what you need your friends and your professionals to do for you. They need to smack you around and make you stop. Because checking out and incurring debt and just pretending that it's going to fix itself magically is not a strategy for operating a business. You've got to be moving the thing forward or you gotta shut it down. So shut it down. Do not wait too long. Do not let this destroy your life. Okay, the last one is, people stopped focusing on the basics of running great restaurants. We all know what the basics are. Clean restaurants, fresh food, fully staffed, clean bathrooms, you know, um, operating 
just operating a restaurant the way it's supposed to be run. You know, and I see this with Subway all the time. Like I, you know, I speak restaurant. I'm, I've managed restaurants my whole life. I walk in, I can look at food very quickly and go, that's not fresh, that's not fresh. Those cucumbers are like getting see-through. You know, those tomatoes look garbagey. Oh, it's interesting that they don't have a bunch of ingredients. Why is there only one person working back here? I look at the floor, I look at the tables. Ah, it doesn't look like anyone's mopped. You know, um, you know, I'm looking for day dots. If they don't have day dots, it's because they don't want to be like people are psychological. They, they don't want to do things that are bad. So it's easier to just hold food after the expiration date without marking it that way than it is to actually mark it and then feel like you're doing something bad. You can forget what time this bag of lettuce was opened. So people stop executing on the basics of running the restaurant. Once you stop executing on the basics of running the restaurant, it goes back to the, the previous point. You've basically said, I'm not running the restaurant anymore. So shut it down. Because all you're doing is staying open longer to continue to lose money. Um, and you're just, you're already decided you're going out of business. When you stop executing on the basics of running a good restaurant, you've already mentally decided to close the business. So then just close it because you'll save yourself so much debt, it's not even funny. And quite frankly, you will help be helping to save the brand as well. Which you don't really care about as much, but maybe you own other subways, and so maybe you do. But um, yeah, because every customer comes into a restaurant, I won't say every customer, a third to 50% of the customers that come into a restaurant that's not executing on the basics, they leave, pissed off. They're not coming back to your restaurant on whatever normal cadence they would usually come to your restaurant. And they might not visit other restaurants in the system. And that's really kind of where Subway's at right now. And in the next podcast, we're going to talk about this more. So when you stop executing on running the basics of a good restaurant, then that's the day you should shut it down because you're done. Now, if you still have a dream and a hope that you can execute on the basics, maybe you need to get a new team manager in there or something else, that's fine. Keep it open, keep fighting, keep running. But when you stop focusing on the basics and executing on the basics, it's over. You destroy your brand, you destroy your financials, you destroy everything. So those are the three things. Number one, people never identified that they needed help early enough to actually get help. Number two, Everybody allowed themselves to just kind of hang out and incur more and more debt. And they basically couldn't, they didn't make the mature decision to break the, to, to admit that the dream was over in a time where it didn't destroy their lives. They simply just closed their eyes and then let their creditors tell them when it was over. And number three, they stopped executing on the basics of running a good restaurant. So all they did was have a bad restaurant that was open, that was pissing off customers hurting them and the entire brand and all the subways around them because nobody was having good experience, right? Um, and I would say the final thing is this, if you're a franchisee or you're considering getting a franchise, you have to become a local store marketing guru. You cannot help, help that national advertising is going to solve your problems. You, you, know, you have to be in your community, getting people into the store, that's gotta be your number one priority, that and running a good restaurant, but local store marketing, because that's what's gonna make you successful. You know, the national advertising is icing on the cake. 
you're happy to get those promotions and those national ads, but it's you've got to be sustaining and growing your business from catering sales and from local store uh, and just getting people in the doors because you're part of the community and you're doing your own advertising to get people in all the time. Remind them you're there um, and you can be way more successful. So that's the wrap up, the three trait uh, part of the Subway podcast series. The next Subway podcast is going to be on um, what I would do if I was magically the king of Subway. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Order Up Podcast.